Today, you can alleviate stress on your company finances and stress on the electricity grid by participating in demand response with NLX. By adjusting your energy usage for just a few hours per year, your business could receive a welcome revenue boost and we could all benefit from a more sustainable future. With NLX, the power really is in your hands. To find out more, visit demandresponse.ie. The Home Show with Color Trend. Bring home Irish color with Color Trend paint. This is News Talk. Welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan, coming up today. Folding TVs to Wi-Fi activated coffee makers. We look at the new must-have gadgets for your home. Tom Daly and Taylor Swift provide the inspiration for our Home Show Roadshow this week as we go bobbing and frogging. Taupe is the new black as we look at upcoming decade of design trends. And Roshi Murphy wants you to look at her curves. If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text the Home Show at 53106 for 30 cent or email us here at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. I'm on Twitter at Sinead underscore Ryan. And remember, you can listen live or listen back to the show and our podcasts on the News Talk app, powered by Go Loud. Now, wedding invites are back on the increase. I was chatting with a wedding celebrant during the week and she was telling me that of her 61 booked ceremonies this year, 50 of them are in the second half of the year. With 100 guests now permitted, I suppose it's no surprise, but it got me thinking about the dreaded wedding gift. So many couples now just want money and that's fine if you're happy to give it. But then you have the dilemma of how much is just right. You don't want to be a stinge, but you don't want to give too much either. Makes the day very expensive. I always prefer to give a gift. And to be honest, whether or not it's wanted, a voucher's fine. But cold, hard cash in an envelope just makes, for me, it makes it look like a bribe or the repayment of a loan. Great gifts that that I kind of enjoy giving are things like picnic baskets filled with, you know, champagne and goodies. But what else is appropriate and, you know, works for everybody? What do you give if you're invited and what if you're not? More than that, what's the worst ever wedding present you've received? I'll tell you mine. It was a Waterford crystal vase that had been won at a golf competition. And I know that because the inscription was still on the base. Can you top that? <laughs> Text me 53106. We are on email at the home show at newstalk.com. I'm on Twitter at Sinead underscore Ryan. And you're very welcome along to the show today. Now, we're all looking for more out of our homes these days. Not only is it the place where we live, but we're also working there and in some cases homeschooling our children. So this morning, I wanted to take a look at the new pieces of tech that have come to the market that claim to make life easier and more efficient. And I am all for that. So to guide us through the latest gadgets for the home, I'm joined by Kira O'Brien, business and technology correspondent for the Irish Times. Good morning, Kira. You are very welcome along to The Home Show. Thank you for having me. When I think of tech in the home, especially in my own home, I I think probably the place where it immediately would be the obvious place to start is in the kitchen because we need all the help we can get. Mm-hmm. There's a lot out there. I mean, if if you want to come over to my house, I'll show you my kitchen. <laughs> I, I like things that make my life easier as well. Um, and I think that's the important thing. Like, There's a lot of tech out there that's just tech for tech safe. I mean, I have a dishwasher that has Wi-Fi in it. 
Um, I have. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So is that like so that you can listen to Spotify while you're on it, or that no. you can program it from? So the I can office? program it. Oh, yeah. Okay. And look, look okay. I'm going to be honest. I've used it maybe three times, and those three times were when we first got it installed, and when it was plugged in, it was in Italian, and I could not figure out how to change the language on it, and I don't speak Italian, so I couldn't figure out <laughs> what the washing programs were. So what I did was I used the the app, and I because the app was in English, and we did it from there. So look, it's it's. Some stuff is handy to have. You had to teach your dishwasher how to speak I English had, before yes, you can turn it on. Okay. I did. Right. And I couldn't okay, do that through helpful. the app though. <laughs> <laughs> I had to figure that one out. I eventually figured it out. I'm just wondering what kind of dishwashing emergency you might have that would require a remote um, kind of switch on. I suppose maybe it's a little bit handy if you th- if you thought you were going to switch it on and then headed out of the house and realised, oh crikey, I forgot to put that on. Yeah, 99% of the things that I have in my house that make my life easier is so I don't have to come down stairs to do it I'm not gonna oh, lie right, okay. I mean none of this is going to be absolutely time critical look the stuff like the thermostats they save you money things like wi-fi plugs brilliant you know I mean like they, they have smart slow cookers now when you know we all love a slow cooker you know mm. you, you throw the food into it and you come home to what looks like food you're, you're pretty sure it's food it's definitely cooked it uses about the same amount of electricity as a light bulb I think we now, my favourite thing in my entire connected house is the, two things. One is this Wi-Fi plug. Okay, now you've brought this into studio. Show me. Yes. To me, now this just looks like an oversized plug. Yes, slightly so, oversized. With, yeah, so just, t- Eve, so yeah. tell me what, what this does then that's different. Basically, I can control that through my phone. Uh, it works with Apple HomeKit. There are ones that work with uh, with Google Home, such as, say, like, uh, there's TP-Link plugs, there's mm. Wemo plugs. All of those can work through their own app or they can be linked into your smart home system. So if you have a HomePod Mini, which is the other thing here. Yeah, okay. I have a, I have one called Alexa. Yeah. And, uh, there are I plugs that will... every so often and she is very calm back to me and then tells me she can't do things I ask her to do. It's one um, more thing in your so, house that ignores yeah, you, right? No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this plug, um, Kira, could this be used maybe to switch on the lights remotely when you're out of the house or what, what is it primarily you can for? Pl- plug it into any appliance that needs a plug or lamps or anything like that and when you're, basically just leave them switched on then and then okay. the pl- the, basically the plug controls the I power. I think that would be quite handy from a security perspective or if very. you're on holidays or, you know, an, or all that kind of thing. Okay, fine. Now, in also handy for Christmas, sorry. Why? Because oh, the lights? Yes, yeah, so you ah. don't stab yourself in the face when you try and climb under the Christmas tree to turn the lights on and off. And honestly, <laughs> I've been using these plugs for I'm years. I'm sold already. Purely because of you that. You also win the competition for the first mention of the C word on oh, the home show this year. And we were hoping to get to the, to, to December well, without that. So you well. do have to prepare for some things and Wi-Fi plugs, I think, are important. All right. Okay. Perfect Christmas present then for people. Uh, sorry for that mention. Uh, still in August. Now, uh, KitchenAid uh, Cookie. Talk to me about that. The, the cooksy, it's basically, um, it's like a sensor. So you you can install it in any kitchen uh, if you have the money, assuming you have the money to do this. It's it's, it's a few, I think it's, it's in and around $400. That was on an Indiegogo okay. campaign, a crowdsourcing campaign. They tend to be a bit more expensive when they come out. So w- what you do is you attach it to your cooker hood over your hob and it will use... Um, a ton of sensors to basically to, to track your cooking temperature and tell you when you need to turn something or when you need to take it off heat. Uh, now, um, the one I absolutely love, and we briefly featured it a few months ago on the show when we were talking about very posh kitchens, uh, was this cooker. Fusion tap. tap. Yes. Now, uh, ladies, ladies and gents, look this up, please, because it's Q-U-O-K-E-R. This is, a, a for all intents and purposes, just looks like a, a kind of a large tap that comes out of your kitchen sink. Uh, but it offers 
cold water, mm-hmm. boiling water, and, and sparkling water. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so you've done away with your need for a kettle mm-hmm. with all the bottles of water in your fridge. How expensive is it? So for the standard one, which doesn't include the filtered cold water or the sparkling water, you're looking at 1,400 euro. Oh. Uh, that's to have the tap itself. And then you have to pay an installation fee. Now, look, if if stuff like this is really important to you, now if you want the, the sparkling water as well, you're and looking it at... it is. It is, yes. <laughs> look, everybody has different priorities. And to be honest, I looked at this and I thought, oh, I desperately want one of these. But we were only doing a minor change to our kitchen and we didn't really have the space because it has a tank that comes with it. And you can get a tank that oh, either has see. three okay. litres of boiling water or seven litres or 15, you know, oh, so... Well, that makes it quite the contraption then. Mm-hmm. So it's you need not a bit of space. It's, it's into your mains and it just converts it in the tap. No, so it, it, like does need a, it does need a a bit of space okay. Um, okay. but look it's it's very handy and as I say you do manage to get rid of the kettle now we actually did get rid of our kettle because I have a very fancy coffee machine it's the Siemens now I'm interested in the coffee because yeah. I too am a, a kind of a bit of a coffee snob um, t- talk to me about because I mean coffee there's so many different ways to make coffee now and and between the French presses and the little espressos and mm. all the gadgets and all that what's different about this Wi-Fi coffee this is the Siemens machine so basically <laughs> I can, uh, I can, I can control remotely. Now, obviously, you have to put a coffee cup underneath it, so you know you still have to send the child down in the morning to do it. You can turn it on. Um, you can tell it to make a coffee. You can put in if you have if you're having a party, which actually this came in quite handy for. You can basically put a playlist of coffee into the app, so you take people's coffee orders and then just stick the cup under as it goes through the malls. You don't have to remember and keep asking people what they want. Well, she's laughing at my expression here, folks. <laughs> Well, it, it does sound ridiculous. I mean, look, as I said, a lot of this is technology is a, a, a kind of a, a problem that nice a solution, to have list. It's a solution really. that has no problem. Correct, correct. But right. what it does do as well is it talks you through, like it'll tell you um, when you've made coffee, it'll tell you how many cups you've made, it'll tell you how close you are to needing to descale oh, the machine. Oh, for goodness sake. I have, I have um, tingly fingers that'll do that for me. Well, it also <laughs> has, um, you, can, you can add new drinks to it. So most coffees will do your standard kind of cappuccino, americano, lattes, macchiatos if you want to get really fancy. Um, you can do your flat whites and all that stuff and all these are built into the machine but there okay. is a thing called Coffee World where you can add new drinks to it so you can have cortados and something called uh, a red eye coffee and a dead eye coffee and basically that is a lot of shots of espresso it's American no surprise there a lot of shots no of espresso right. and okay. what, what, what are we talking here Kira? now for that uh, you're talking over 2000 euro but if you like your coffee and you drink a lot of it when you're out and about. Sure this I would like replace 2, that. Thousand quids worth of coffee, but it's, but it's, it's such a nice coffee maker. It really and makes lovely coffee. Actually, the best thing about that, as you've described it, is being able to switch it on from the comfort of my bed mm-hmm. and then just go and get the coffee. Now, Kira, I really enjoyed our conversation today. I can't say I understood all of it, <laughs> but I'm sure our <laughs> listeners out there will feel they are going to dash out and get all of that stuff now uh, to help them. I'd love to have you back on the show again uh, after I get back from my holidays next week. Uh, and maybe you'll come and talk to us about gadgets for other parts of the home. There's a particular one with regard to, to heating panels that I really, really want to get oh, into with you. They, Yes, I like those, but also I have to tell you about my, my lawnmower. I promise you we will get to that then in a couple of weeks' time. And thank you so much for coming into us this morning on The Home Show. Thank you. Now, it's week three of The Home Show Roadshow, where I go out and meet some interesting people and places that can give us some inspiration for the home. This week's interview comes courtesy of Tom Daly, Olympic champion and Taylor Swift. Intrigued? Well then, take a listen to this. 
I'm gonna knit, knit, knit all day. I'm gonna knit my blues away. Well, if I'm feeling low, I knit a row. Cause a fella needs his knitting just to ease his soul. Well, hello, King Cole, I'm a merry old soul. I am with Lisa Sisk, who is the co-owner of This Is Knit. And we are down in the Powers Court Townhouse Centre. Hello, Lisa. And thank you for inviting us to your beautiful store. Hi, Sinead. It's lovely to have you here. Thanks for coming. Now, the first thing you notice in here, I think, is the colour. Yes, we're all about the colour. It's so cosy. Like, there's a bit of me wants to pull out all these balls of yarn and lie down on them. (laughs) But I'm supposed to be working, so I can't do that. You won't be the first to try. (laughs) There is an extraordinary range of texture and colour. Talk to me a little bit about your business. Okay, well, uh, we're actually celebrating 15 years in business uh, this year, which is uh, pretty remarkable, I think, considering all the changes that has been happened in that time period. Um, we started way back in 2006 uh, just with a market stall out in Black Rock in the market there. Um, myself and my mum uh, had been avid knitters for a while, had been struggling to find some of the materials that we really wanted to get uh, in Ireland. And you do want to go in and you want to see these things and squish them. So um, between having a little website and the market, we said we'd just see how it went and it went well (laughs) so within a couple of months we'd like lots of enthusiastic people coming by and we'd taken over one of the uh the kind of porter cabin units they have I've had ages since I've been out in Blackrock Market so I'm not sure if they're still there and within a year we'd moved into sort of a more permanent of, of the building spaces out the front as well So who are your customers Lisa? They're so varied and I know that there would be a a bit of a stereotype out there when you think of somebody who knits um, but Would you be thinking of the granny making up something for yeah, the baby's layout absolutely. or something? Absolutely yeah, yeah yeah and you know there's so many beautiful things that are made in that context And um, but just to say we have customers obviously who are making things for new babies a lot of people do come back to knitting for that and then continue to do it for themselves but we would have students we would have um, like husbands and wives that do it together we've um, yeah vis- visiting tourists an awful lot obviously would have come, come into us and are starting to return now thankfully uh, so yeah we'd see we'd see a huge a huge variation and of course I wonder how much you were helped then by all the celebrities who have just taken to knitting and we've seen Taylor Swift with her fabulous Aaron jumpers who can yeah. have missed Tom Daly uh, Olympic gold medalist knitting in the stands at the Olympics his Absolutely. pouch for I mean, his, his <laughs> medal he's obviously been flying the flag for Britain but he's been flying the flag for the knitting, knitting. community worldwide yeah. absolutely now you uh, do classes which is yeah. obviously a good thing because you must have a lot of beginners who don't know where to start mm-hmm. uh, are they in real life as they say or have yeah. you been doing them over Zoom we uh, have been doing them over Zoom now and uh, I can't uh, say when we'll be in a position to begin running them again mm. in person but we have uh, some lovely workshop topics coming up for the winter. It was a bit of a learning curve definitely at the start because you've got to do, uh, I suppose in tandem with the homeschooling, you could see the teachers had their top-down cameras and things. So you had to kind of find that technology to get started with it and and it was hard to find as well because of the demand for, for everybody working from home uh, for webcams and things. And But yeah, once we got started with that, again, yeah, we'd have people joining our workshops from equally overseas mm. from, from as far as far afield as Australia. You insert the right-hand needle from the back to the front between the first and second stitches. On the left-hand needle, you bring the front of the loop on the second stitch to the back of the work. Now, knit the loop. Oh, I like that, baby. 
Now, you have been fondling a pair of knitting needles <laughs> and some wool there while you've been talking to me. And it's like they are an extension of your hands. I have to say, it sounds so natural. Now, yeah. I have heard that you have brought those along for me yes. to have a go. This may not end well, folks. <laughs> the last time I had a pair of knitting needles in my hand, I was wearing a school uniform. <laughs> so and you're not are alone. you going to be brave enough and give me a lesson? I will. In the knit and pearl. I will. We're going <laughs> okay. to go back over the basics. Yes. So you did we'll say. Have to. <laughs> I have to pass them over to you here. Do indeed. Okay. Thank you very much. Now, this is a lovely teal wool, actually. It's lovely and soft. It's like the needles themselves are gorgeous. It's like a stained wood yeah. in all different colours. They're laminated birch wood needles. So oh, no, there's uh, something new I learned today already. It. A little bit softer. They'll still make a satisfying click as you knit with them, but they don't have that. You know, some people would be a little bit irritated by the sound of the, the, the metal needles oh, really? together. Oh, you know, right, so okay, like a chalkboard thing. Yeah, no, yeah. I actually find that quite comforting as long as nice. you don't have to do any more. Yeah, the wood, the wood ones are lovely and when they've got a lovely coating on them so that the stitches run smoothly. Uh, now, are these suitable for a complete beginner they speaking are. for a friend? Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. And what else in terms of equipment? I mean, I know it's only needles and a ball of wool, but what would a beginner ask for if they were just getting started going into a shop like yours? Okay, so you can get started by, I mean, we tend to recommend uh, instead of casting on for a full scarf to try and tackle a smaller project first because what you want is that little kind of boost of serotonin yeah. of, I finished that. Scarf for a teddy bear, maybe. Scarf for like a teddy that. bear. Perfect. Or you can make okay. really simple um, fingerless wrist warmers that are essentially a really? rectangle that oh, you sew right. up cleverly okay. and that's it. So. Okay, okay. Now, I am uh, talking to Lisa Sisk, co-owner of This Is Knit in the Paris Court Townhouse Centre and I am uh, reminding you that just to put off the fateful moment where <laughs> I actually have to do something with these needles. We'll get there. Lisa, please yes. help me start. Okay, so you need to put, do you remember the rhyme? Oh, uh, she's got it. I yes, have, so. Do you know what's coming back into my head now? It's not the rhyme in through the bunny hole and it, around. The, it's the nuns standing <laughs> over my shoulder, tapping me. Saying, I, I Get promise on with not Ryan. to do that. I promise so I'm not knitting. to do that. Look at this. Now. Oh, First she's, time you I've see, done. muscle memory is there. And this happened, I would have learned in school as well. And then I picked it back up in my early 20s. It is and I memory. completely, it's right, right. there. Yeah. I have a terror of the slipped stitch. We used to get a special mm -hmm. crack on the on the knuckles if we did a slip stitch now. So there I'm are. just these are my basic knitting, isn't that right? That's now? your so basic knitting okay. stitch that you're working away. Uh, don't be afraid of the mistakes. So many of them are really, really easily fixed. Are and they? Okay. What we find sometimes with beginners is they'll see a mistake in their work and they'll rip it out. They'll just kind of go, oh, the frustration they take it. And whereas if they popped in, you know, to somebody who knows a bit more about knitting or into their local yarn shop, and very often it's a very quick and easy fix and yeah. you can save the work that you've done. Okay, I've come to the end of the row now. Look, nothing dropped. Absolutely and perfect they're all in a They're all yeah. in, a, in a row now. Should we go the other Sinead, way? Sinead, this is the easiest lesson I've ever done. <laughs> Well, steady on now. I, I don't even have enough here for a scarf or a you. mosquito. <laughs> uh, so the pearl, the stitch, pearl stitch is always the one that I'm not really too clear. That's you're going, kind of going in you're back going front, in are from, you? Yeah, you're taking then your what am I doing working needles on the top and you're going in from the right to left and then wrapping away from you and back towards oh, you. Oh, she has see, it. See, don't you remember? By word, I think she's got it. There you yeah, go. I think now this is the beginning and end of what I've got. I'll be perfectly honest with you, Lisa, but if we get this row done without... I'm, dry, I'm multitasking No blood here. has been drawn. i tell you what. <laughs> Just as well now, there's two women in the room we're able to talk and knit at the exactly. same time. Oh, well, I like that, baby. Why, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Tell me a little
little bit about the different type of things because in the shop now I can see you've lots of accessories, you've buttons and beads and sequins and all that. So yeah. I'm thinking there's a bit of crocheting and a bit of sewing going on at the same time. There is definitely knitting crochet. We do a bit of weaving as well. Supplies macrame has been super popular as oh. well. People doing their plant holders and um, garden decor and things like that. So it's tying into obviously a lot of the other hobbies that people have been uh, taking up during the last yeah. 18 months. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we provide uh, all that. Less so for sewing. There's a lovely shop in uh, the Westbury Mall called Cloth. I'll give them a look that they, they yeah. do all the sewing things. We send people back and forth between us. Okay. Um, and and yeah. when you were talking there about the macrame, of course, it got me thinking about, because it's the home show, what kind of, when, when people think about knitting, I yeah. think the first thing they think about are scarves and jumpers and hats. Yes. But actually, there's lots of homewares that oh, you huge. can knit. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about some of the things that people like to do that they, they can have in their home then. Well, we get lots of lovely people coming in saying, I want to make a big throw for my double bed. And they will take and they will do large patch squares that they then, you know, and they know it's a project that's going to be assembled over Lockdown. two years. <laughs> no, no, even, you know, that right. they, they yeah. can work on all of that. Um, but uh, if you were trying to be a little bit less ambitious, you can go with simple cushion covers. You can make, and, and they are great for trying out new stitch patterns. So you were saying to me, you know, I, I was... We were chatting earlier that like everything's built on the knit and purl stitches yeah, and that you can yeah. introduce cables, ribs, all this sort of stuff. But if you think just one big square and you can even just stitch that to a fabric backing then as well, where you're sampling out new stitches using that. They're a great project. For so that. I'm thinking so throws and bedspreads and all that. And mm -hmm. it's so comforting to have those. But even down to things like table mats or yes. coasters, yeah. they'd be simple enough projects. Bits of um, knitted bunting for your garden. Like again, I know we're coming towards the end of the summer, but you'd see people bombing. with their... See yeah. people with their gazebos and they'd have like pom-pom garlands and different things. Done. Love so, it. Yeah, so you don't even have to take on any special skills. We've got pom-pom makers for, for, to do those. And I know that's crafts that people have been doing with their kids. That's not cheating well. at all, folks. No. Not at no, all. No. Go for it. All right. Now, look at that. As we've been talking, I've got to the end of another row and a still I'm not a stitch dropped. I'm absolutely delighted with that. Not a bead of sweat on her bread. Not <laughs> <laughs> a tiny mini thing uh, done. Uh, now, so in terms of the types of wool here, now in the shop you have, I, I'm dealing with a beautiful ball of soft merino wool, but there's there's wool here that doesn't really look like wool. It's it's kind of very wide and it's as soft as anything in here. And I'd be worried about getting all that tangled in needles. I know, I know. So are there are different wools for different types of projects. There are, but and we do often get to, to, to circle back to crochet a little bit where people come saying, which of your yarns are suitable for crochet? And like, absolutely all of them are. It just depends on, is it suitable for your, the particular project yeah. that you have in mind? If you're going to be doing um, mug cozies or coasters, you want to be using cottons and, and a small crochet hook to make a really firm fabric mm. if you want to make something um, like the lightly spun roving wool I think is the one that you're referring to where the people are doing that like the arm knitted blankets and things like that and throws right. we have that too uh, so it just depends you want to match the material to the, the to make it as suited to the project that you have in mind you know Okay, now one of the things that I know that you are um, the next stage on, I suppose, is before is the origin of all this wool. And you were talking to me earlier a little bit about a weaving project that you have in mind. Talk to me about that. Yes. So in the run up to Christmas, we tend to stock these lovely, uh, they're, they're, they're gateway drugs, I think, for, for weavers. Where, uh, they're tabletop looms um, and they're called the sample it loom. Um, and I have seen people produce like a lovely like Christmas table runner for the, you know, and you mix different textures and stuff through. Um, but it's a, very much an introduction to weaving 
product. Um, because we have fabulous wool in Ireland and, and the resort. Yeah. And we've talked many times in the show about the value that foreigners place on our sheep and lambs wool. And maybe we've lost just the art of doing it because, I, it, you know, when you think back maybe 100 years, there was probably a spindle in every single household. Yes. Yeah. And it did. It, it really fell by the wayside. And so the farmers um, and, and, you know, God loved them. They were they found, the, you know, the profits were in the meat and less so in the fleece. The price of wool just really like just went through the floor. And you, I mean, you see these pictures of, of beautiful fleeces just being burned in fields and stuff. So I know that there is um, a movement and, you know, the, the, the beginnings of initiatives to, to really begin to value that again yeah. um, and, to, and to make sure that there are certifications to say this is Irish wool. You're not going in and mm-hmm. kind of purchasing a sweater that's been made elsewhere, <laughs> let's say. Um, so there's, uh, there's the Galway breed of sheep. I know that there, there's, there's something coming to market now in the, in the season to come. Uh, that's been publicised recently, and yeah. we're very excited to, for that to be online. But it, it's 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 going to need an, aw- an awful lot more attention and love, and and I think uh, funding from the government as well, just to get that. Indeed, and yeah. and I think possibly the first thing that most people think of when they're thinking of knitting or Irish wool is the Aran jumper. Yes. Now, is that really hard to do? Because I know these patterns are very unique, and um, and they look very complicated. Yeah. Um. I think my, my, there's nothing that you cannot do if you want it enough okay so I do say to people when they're coming in they're kind of going I'd love you know they've got that sort of in the distance they want to make an iron sweater and I'd say listen get a little bit of spare yarn that's left over from another project take out a stitch dictionary and just do it on a miniature scale like practice that technique and you'll you'll soon see that it's it's an off and inevitably not at all as complicated as they think it is. It sounds to me like it's something you could get a little bit obsessed by. Oh, 100%. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so obsessed that, that I, I convinced my mum to we opened a wool to shop. Open yeah. a wool shop, <laughs> so. all right. And it is a fabulous, fabulous wool shop. And I must say, it's the most beautiful place in the Paris Court Townhouse Centre, which is itself beautiful. So I would encourage people uh, to come in uh, to this, isn't it? Now, Lisa, if people want to get started, uh, like me, complete beginners, um, wh- where should they uh, go? Okay, so uh, I would first of all absolutely recommend our Zero to Knit course because you've got everything that you need and Carol is an absolutely wonderful tutor and you can ask questions as you go. So even though the videos aren't live, you leave comments and then she gets back to you. So you've got that support. Um, YouTube is an amazing resource and there's so much you can teach yourself from there. Just have a look at a few videos and then try and find somebody whose style you like. Um, and go from that. There are books available. You can obviously call into your local yarn shops if they're offering classes too. Um, but you you will not be shy of resources. So the information is out there. Okay. Well, listen, I would recommend paying a visit to This Is Knit for anybody uh, and undertaking one of those tutorials. I've only been here, what, about 20 minutes and uh, already, I don't know, I've maybe three, three lines of knitting <laughs> done, which I'm incredibly proud of. First lot in many, many decades. Lisa says, co-owner of this. And thanks very much for our Home Show Roadshow today. Thank you. Lovely talking to you. Now my thanks to Lisa and all the team at This Is Knit. Pay them a visit at the Paris Court Townhouse Centre if you are around Dublin. The Home Show with Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint. This is News Talk.
Take a listen to this. Now, the good thing it. about having our yes. kilo curves is that we get to talk about it on the home show. Roisin Murphy, our resident architect and designer, yeah. you're very welcome back. You're not going to be talking about my curves or your curves, but we are talking curves. No, I am not talking about Kardashian curves. I'm talking about what happened in Milan in 2019 before we entered this uh, the epic last two decades was curves appeared for the first time it must have been in 20 years curves took over everything and color I have to say but it was this rounded you, you were looking at them in every single designer was appearing with these sort of rounded arches that was or round furniture they just mm. have appeared everywhere. And I think in some way it's gone from it's gone very, very quickly into mainstream. This one, I think people are sick of it, the industrial kind of hard edge modern look. Yeah, I think that's it. And we like, I, you know, we've covered it so much. That kind of very masculine, brutalist uh, structure, which is very clean lines, blacks and browns. But it it, yeah. it really has changed into curb, not just kind of round mirrors and and kind of soft yeah. edges on chairs it's waveform nearly isn't that right yeah it's waveform and it's appearing not just in furniture you're right Sinead it's appearing in architecture it started off with a foster building and also a Zaha Hadid building in New York before she passed away unfortunately she's one of these great female architects she's very innovative and she appeared with his apartment buildings very curvaceous but it was her big swan song. She, you know, curves appeared in balconies. It's in gardens, on steps. The curve is no longer considered a pastiche, if you know what I mean. Mm, mm. And then even in, I think the biggest place you see it kind of brought into the interior is you see it in curved furniture screens in bamboo or where you will see it kind of has trickled down to the rattan furniture, which is very, you know, those scalloped round backs. Yes, That's probably the indeed. best way to introduce it into your home without becoming a completely, um, you know, it's sometimes when it's at its very, the top end, the commercial end, it's very hard for it to trickle down with me without kind of looking a little bit strange. So I think it's best form for application in interiors is in the rattan furniture. So you're taking the two trends and kind of mixing them in. Mm. Now, in terms of uh, where else it can feature, we're seeing a lot of of chairs that have kind of molded. They're molded yeah. kind of plastic chairs and they're fully round, like they have a round back and a round yeah. seat on them. Uh, but even when it comes to coffee tables, you, you have great design there from... Um, kind of ovals to yes. uh, freeform nearly design yeah. in wood yeah. and, and all kinds of, of materials. What materials work best with this Roisin? Okay, well, for me, if you're going to invest in this trend, I would go for an Ernie Saarinen. He's not called Ernie. He's called Erno. But I, because I'm Irish and we familiarise <laughs> ourselves with everybody, I've called him Ernie Saarinen. So please apologise to all the people that are listening in the radio. Erno, it's probably even badly pronounced. But he is a kind of a 1950s architect who, now he's, his tables have been around for a long time. They're white marble and they have a curved cast iron base to them. So they've got all of this trend but they're classic pieces of furniture. 
Okay, so now he's at the high end. You can get very similar ones in IKEA. They'll do they do a little light rounded furniture to go with it. And then if you do an Eames chair with that, it looks mm. very good. Or mm. there's a a a pa- Paton, uh, I'm not going to pronounce him properly, but there's a molded plastic thing of the Panton chair as well, which is very good. Now, they're the classics, right? But there's also the new guys on the block um, who are producing the kind of upholstered round plastic or the kind of resin covered plastics as well. There's a kind of a touch of the madman about it, that 1960s retro look, because when I'm thinking of those molded yeah. pieces of furniture. I'm also thinking of the oranges and the greens and the, the kind of patterned mm, fabrics. I think that's where it's going. Diff. I think I'd slightly disagree with you there. I think they're actually very, I think the one reason for me that these are making it through is they're not part of that kind of mad men thing. They're, I think this is nearly like, now I'm, I'm going total highbrow for a girl who says Ernie Sarnan. I don't know how I get away with it, but they're more, uh, you remember you, postmodernism was a big thing with a fella called Sterling in the kind of late 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would have had a kind of very, he would have done the very, the Channel 4 buildings where everything looked like playtime. Everything went from with pediments and um, Philippe Stark was involved in this where they they were really just inventing the whole concept of design as opposed to modernism. So everything became, I think it's a touch of that. I think okay. there's a lot of pastels. There is burgundies, deep burgundies, which are and and navies. So for me, I think what they've done is taken the madman forms and the technology, and they've injected some of the postmodern um, colours, yeah. which would have been yeah. these pale blues. A, a, a good uh, example of it would be the classic Alessi colours. You know Alessi, who does these um, mm. very strong kettles, and he would have been very prevalent at a certain point. His colours are in the furniture. And they're so very... You, you're saved from the oranges, I think. They're very, very classy. I mean, all those pieces, they're just absolutely beautiful. Okay, now the yeah. other thing we want to... We're always ahead of the curve here uh, <clears throat> on the home show. That's a good one. So we we wanted to talk about maybe some of the trends that we can expect over the coming years. And we asked you to pick three that you believe we are going to be seeing all over the place. Start with the first one, the backless chair. My absolute favourite one at the moment. It is a sofa that looks like it is made from cushions. Okay. I absolutely love this. It's everywhere. It's in Italian Vogue interiors. It's in the architectural magazines. It is absolutely everywhere. You'll find them in Lina Rossi, which is a big kind of firm of interior design. But you'll also find it, which I have to say to my absolute delight, is in the Navin sofa factories. Okay, Navin has a history and Mead has a history of furniture in Ireland and they are doing this trend at incredibly affordable prices. So describe it to me now, this sofa. Is what? it like a cube? Um, it's, arrange- I'm, it's, I'm just thinking it could be quite uncomfortable if there's nowhere to lounge no, it looks back on. incredibly uncomfortable, uncom- uh, right? It's, it's kind of large cushions that have that look like they've been pinned by huge... Um, dressing pins so it's like a kind of cushion that's been kind of blown up and shrunk down it looks slightly inflated but they sit on the ground there's no legs there's nothing but what is really interesting the irish navin 
sofa sofa company is doing these and I'm talking about really affordable the only thing is it is to the point that you're going what is the trick in this why are we seeing this trend because I think it's quite an easy one to make or they they've always been making furniture but they're really getting it at the moment I'll put it up on Instagram later on but this this trend is huge the other trend in terms of sofas in dining rooms is what we're seeing which is the built-in banquet seat so that's an end-to-end banquet seat mm. that may have a cushion on it. So that idea of, we always look like a bench, but this is an actual, what you would have had in diners years ago, yes, where you have yes, a built-in yes. sofa. This is one that goes, it's it's in a straight line though. And it's very efficient for space, but it is technically a little bit more difficult to get. Okay. You'd have to seek it out. So that's one for kind of your architect would be, you'd need an architect All to right. do it. Okay. They'd be specifying it and grabbing it in an upholster. Now, we can't so seem to get away from concrete on this show because you love it. No. I hate it and you keep bringing it up. So concrete tiles you've brought to concrete me this week as a, as a trend to come. I hope you're wrong about this, but Coloured talk to me. concrete tiles. I think it's part of an artisan thing that has survived from, Egyptian times basically there was guys when they did there's one or two hand making concrete tile experts in the Middle East and they're still pouring their own hand built concrete tiles and I think you would have seen some of it blending down into some of the mainstream tiles where you'll see a slightly uh, elliptical or Ouija curve on a concrete tile it's coming from these hand poured tiles now this has kind of given the people are now obsessing over concrete tiles in a mm. way that they would have done over terrazzo. So, and you see it, it's in tile style at the moment. They're talking about, they're doing large format concrete tiles. They're very elegant, but it's not quite terrazzo. So it's that thing where it's slightly pours, a lot of colors, a lot of blondes, pinks, uh, pistachio color. You're thinking about uh, La Dure uh, Macrons. Oh, That's what I'd say. Right. To you. So okay. it's that kind of almost sherbet colors. So it's concrete with a kind of like it just. Now, concrete isn't my favorite material because it's not great for the environment. But the idea of it in tiles, I do like. Mm. I think it brings terrazzo, but they've got they're very elegantly done, and they may do. They're often in a di- diagonal with a little bit of concrete and say a little bit of lemon on one okay. side. Well, so that very sounds... much pattern. And very much kind of and funky. very durable and and uh, you know really easy to look after as well and, and yeah. once it's down it's yeah. down. Okay, now you were talking yes. about color a little bit earlier mm-hmm. and all the colors that we're seeing mm-hmm. in the curved furniture. Yeah. But actually, your color of the year, the decade, is taupe. Now, talk to me about what your definition of taupe is. I'm thinking of like a kind of a muddy brown. Uh, am I being unfair? I think they're very rich creams, very earthy tones and a brick, the colour of brick. That kind of rich red, I love it. I have used it with earthy tones and it is, I've realised it has a depth in it. Oh, it's lovely. They're just kind of like they're mid cream and browns and then you can inject a tiny little bit of navy into it or a little bit of green. But it's they're, they're sort they're actually quite classic colours that we mm. would have seen in the 90s. And yes, they're lovely. But they're, they're going again with that dark navies. They're hues of colours. It's away from primary colours. And I have to say, away from the pink. Yeah, yeah. On its last, last legs, you leg. were yeah, you and we were yeah. we were so excited about pink a, a, a while ago. Yeah. The taupe now. So would you think mm. now, Roisin, that that that's becoming a new neutral? I mean, what what go? What yeah, do you I put think with what, it? I think it's a very warm color, so you can put woods with it. A lot of blondes, but you can literally put 
you can put navy, you can put green with it. It's a very neutral color and it allows acne, but it's very warm. It's like a very thick, buttery cream. Yeah. And or uh, down into the gray range in that. But I, I personally speaking, I'm loving it. Yeah. And I'm not a big neutrals fan. Like I, you know, the whole elephant breath thing didn't do me. That's a gray tone. This one is a warm. These are yellow tones. They're browns. They're the color of the earth. So you'll you, be considering you know, all it, those earthy tones. You'll be considering I've, it for your new it. kitchen then, will you? Mm, I, I'm very neutral when it comes to my own work. <laughs> I have got, if I can get it painted, if I can get a door in, Sinead. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the kitchen today. We're not talking about it. We won't talk about such things, Sinead. No problem. One of the reasons we're on the phone this week is Mm. because I know you are filming and you are down in Wexford for the show. So uh, have you chosen a building of the week for us from Wexford? I have the most extraordinary building. Speaking of colour, it is the Ratsbeak Manor Doll's House. It's called. And it is a small gate lodge just at the edge of a Ratsbeak uh, Manor. And it is pink, yellow, baby blue, all and with red clay tiles on it. Wow. It is the most extraordinary building. Now, you can get it an Airbnb. You can stay there. It was recently renovated by an interior designer from Wexford and it was also renovated by the Heritage Council. This is a very old site. It's been there since the 1300s built on, but there, you know, the buildings have been replaced over time. But this building, what I find very interesting about it, it is literally incredibly brightly coloured and you can stay in it. So it's one of these historic buildings that's worth going down to. It would be fabulous for a girl's kind of hen party or okay. even a little girl's birthday okay. party. But it's extraordinary looking. The windows are all yellow picked out in yellow the, there's bands of two tones of blue on the outside and a red clay roof tile on it it wow. looks like something that has been picked up from a movie set and dropped there they reckon it's from either the paris exhibition that was held in the 1930s or it was built off the plans but it is extraordinary looking and not taupe in sight so it sounds no. like lo- very instagrammable <laughs> all right well roshi yeah. uh, thank you so much for joining us with all of that this week and of course uh, it's probably time to tell our audience that i won't be here next week uh, and you're no. going to be in the hot seat god bless the audience <laughs> and poor gareth who will be the producing man from behind a chair going oh my god what have i done yeah i'm really looking forward to it well i promise you i it'll be a treat it'll be a treat for all concerned and and no pressure at all all right okay you say that with some delight (laughs) i hope you have a great holiday thank you very much i know you i I know you're probably heading on a much belated honeymoon so congratulations yet again all right okay rosine thanks so much and and good luck with the rest of that filming and we're really looking forward of course to home rescue coming out rosine's instagram is Roisin Murphy architect and she will post pictures of the topics we've discussed on that right now after the show and I will do the same on Twitter at Sinead underscore Ryan. Now that is all we have time for this week. If you've got a topic you'd like us to cover on the show or a guest you'd like to have on the show then please let us know. We do read every single email sent into the home show at newstalk.com and we read every text sent to 53106 and don't forget to check out the home show podcast on the News Talk website which is powered by Go Loud. Thanks to the production team today, Gareth Mulhall, JJ Clark and Stephen McLoon, who is on sound. Bobby Kerr's up next. He'll be talking to the people running the country's fun fairs and circuses to see if they've managed to get off the COVID carousel. Have a great weekend and I'll see you in two weeks. 
The Home Show with Color Trend. Bring home Irish color with Color Trend paint. This is News Talk.